Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 276. Bruno Major joins us on the pod today to discuss all things Columbo, his brilliant third studio record. It was such a delight chatting with Bruno as he spoke to us earlier this week from his home in the UK. Before we dive into our conversation with Bruno Major, please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever app you find good podcasts on and ensure you're following us across all of our social media channels. Details for all can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guest today is Bruno Major. The British singer, songwriter and musician makes the most beautiful music that has one foot in the doorway of songwriters of the past and another firmly planted in the sound of today. Being raised in a musically talented family, Bruno originally trained as a classical guitarist and studied music at uni, which is something that he and I both share, but as you'll hear us discuss in today's interview, he actually finished his degree. He has written music for artists like Tori Kelly and S.G. Lewis, and he's collaborated with artists like Phineas. Some of Bruno's fans include people like Billie Eilish, Charlie Puth, and Kourtney Kardashian. And very lucky for them, he's just released a brand new record, which is titled Columbo. Columbo is his third studio record, and it has Bruno at his sonic best. These songs are beautifully constructed pop songs that feel warm and lived in, but they also feel original at the same time. In today's episode, we're talking to Bruno about Columbo and the sonics that he uses across this beautiful record. We discuss his upbringing and his introduction to songwriting, and we chat with Bruno about whether he would ever collaborate with his brother, who is the lovely Dot Major from London Grammar. We also press Bruno for details on whether he'll tour Australia soon. We can't divulge anything. You will have to listen to the episode to hear what he says. Columbo is out now and we've left links in the episode show notes of where you can buy or stream the record. And we do want to say a massive thank you to Shari from Great Company Collective for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Bruno Major. All right, so uh, I'm Bruno Major. I'm a singer-songwriter from London, England. Uh, just released my new album. It's called Columbo. And uh, yeah, I'm about to go on an eight-month tour um, around the world, which is wild. It is an extremely exciting time for you, uh, Bruno, and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Um, it is, as you said, in 
uh, support of this brand new record from yourself called Columbo. It is out now. It is a, firstly, I just want to address it. it is a beautiful record, sonically gorgeous. Um, congratulations on the record. How are you feeling now that it's kind of uh, out, out in the world? Um, well, thank you, firstly. Um, I think the primary feeling for me is relief. It's actually, even though it's my third album, it's the first album I've released in a traditional format because my first album, I, I wrote and released a song every month for a year. And at the end of it, I just put them all out as an album. And the second album came out during lockdown. So I, I you know, I didn't tour it and it was all like, the, the release was all weird and stuff. So this is the first time I've ever written an album, recorded it, released a bunch of singles, and then put it out and gone on tour, which is how you're meant to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's uh, it feels like a lot of a longer process this way because you know I finished it in December last year, so I've been sitting on it for for seven months now, eight months. Um, so it's just so good to finally have it out. You know, it's um it's like a real it's a really really it's a, a release in more than one way it really feels like a release of emotion and um, tension in a lot of ways i'm really curious because uh, as you mentioned it is the the technically in a discography it's the third record but i guess with it being the first kind of let's say traditional release of a record are you mm. f- feeling i guess is there not first time nerves, but I guess, does it feel vastly different from those previous times? I guess, was there a different sense of nervousness or excitement when, when the record was coming out? Um, every album's felt different in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, this is by far my favorite, my favorite, my favorite experience of making an album. I, I think your, your first album is very special because it's your first one. And you get your whole life to make it and you can make whatever you want. I could have made a heavy metal album. I could have made a country album. I could have made a classical album, but I didn't. I made the album that I made. And in a sense, it's like a flag in the sand creatively from which point your whole artistic journey is, is measured and, um, and, and is uh, sort of a trajectory that starts from that place. So it, it defines everything else. And then no one is waiting for it. No one cares. So, it's like no pressure. And if you, if you, if you mess it up, you can just go and make another one and that can be your first album. Um, so then your second album comes out and suddenly you've got, if you've gone well with your first album, at least you've got a fan base and which is cool, but they're all waiting for it. And also you're on tour and you've got all these commitments and you've got loads of, loads of stuff that you've got to do. And, and you've got to make the second out one in like 18 months. So the first one you had your whole life and the second one you've got 18 months. So it is, and you've got to get used to the feeling that people are waiting for it. So it's, it is kind of, it is this tricky second album for a reason. The third album, I felt like for the first time in my life, I knew who I was creatively. I knew how I wanted to, how I wanted to do everything. I knew what my sound was. I was, I was, I felt no pressure from my fan base because I, cause I could take as long as I want. And I, and I gave myself all of that time. Um, and, and I also felt so free with this album. Like the first time I've really been able to say exactly what I want to say artistically, exactly how I want to say it. Um, almost free from my own, uh, my own kind of like in, inhibitions creatively. So yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've loved the moment of making Columbo. Oh, well, I, firstly, I love to hear that. And it is, um, as I've said, it, it's a, it's a gorgeous record. It is, and I'm sure, and I know that I've, I've, 
in preparation for today, you know, been reading interviews that you've been doing um, in regards to the record. And I know that everyone seems to be referring to this almost like, I feel like it's an overused word. I'm not sure whether you would agree. I'm going to use it in um, air quotes for people who can't see us because it's a podcast, Um, but like a vintage kind of feel to it, which I don't think is totally fair on you. Yes, it has qualities of 70s and 60s songwriters and like Paul Simon and um, who else, like uh, Carol King, but there's something also with these arrangements and like the structures of the songs that I feel like are a little bit more modern. And I think that's where the beauty lies in these these mm. songs and in this music, in this kind of juxtaposition of the two. And I'm curious on, yeah, your thoughts. Thanks, man. I mean, that's the way I've always... I've always made my, my music. I, I think when I started, I, because I'm a jazz musician, so before mm-hmm. I started writing songs, I, I was a jazz guitar player. And the reason I got into songwriting was because, I don't know how much you know about jazz, but you have all these jazz standards. So everyone learns like Autumn Leaves and uh, Fly Me to the Moon and <laughs> Bella by Starlight. It's like, you know, really yes. famous old, old songs from the 30s and 40s. And what you do is you use them as vessels for improvisation. So you, you use the chord structures and you'll play the melody and then every Everyone will just like jam, like improvise their their melodies over the top of these these chords. And I was trying to become the greatest guitar player in the world. And and but in the process, I realized what really fascinated me and what really inspired me was the songs that I was playing themselves, the lyrics and the and the melodies and the chords. So I started writing my own jazz standards. So my my idea of songwriting comes from the the american songbook from the 30s and the 40s so there is genuinely a really like like an almost like an ancient element to my songwriting structures and stuff um just um the difference is i've always been very conscious that like i don't want to just make pastiche music so my one of my great heroes is chet baker and he's got this album called um, embraceable you which was hugely inspiring to me and if you listen to it you can definitely hear some of that in my music but i didn't make that album what i did was i, I got together with pharaoh my co-producer and we we put 808 drums on it and we put trap hats and we put synths on it and we use sidechain compression we use modern modern production to um present my music in a way that makes sense in the modern landscape and and why that is important is if you make, it's like the. Have you seen Ratatouille? Uh, not recently, but yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end when he eats the ratatouille, and it's like a beautiful, like a beautiful tower of a ratatouille. Like it's the same as ratatouille in a bowl. Like I've just presented my ratatouille in a way that is modern, and because of that, I go to Jakarta and play for four thousand sixteen to twenty-two year old kids who are singing like someone in love that was written by an American man in the thirties at the top of their voice. And that to me is the most exciting thing. So there is definitely elements of a retro in my music, but I am very conscious of the way that I present it and make sure that it is done in a way that is modern because otherwise, why would you bother listening to my music? Why would you not just go and listen to Chet Baker? Oh, I, I love, yeah, because I love that. i I do feel that's maybe what I was feeling when listening to Columbo, that there's elements of these singer-songwriters from from years gone by. As he said, that there's a love of, and maybe I didn't pick up on that in the in listening to it, like maybe arrangements and structures from 
um, as you said, like Gershwin and then like standards from the twenties and thirties. Were you, mm. um, I know you mentioned that you, you were, a, uh, a jazz, uh, jazz student, a fellow or well, jazz dropout. Sorry. So, um, but, uh, uh jazz drop out, my friend. Uh, I, 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 not to one up you, but I did actually finish my degree. It was, uh, <laughs> it, I, I, I was done after two years though. I wish I, I wish I wanted, I wanted to drop out, but yeah. You're a stronger man than I. I'd made it the 12 months and thought maybe not for me. So, <laughs> um, I would love to know obviously what got you to that point as well. Like was your parents, uh, musically inclined or are they like musically talented? Uh, my dad plays guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were always guitars lying around the house and he was in bands when I was younger. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, and yeah, he sings and, and writes songs. And um, my mom, I mean, you know, she likes, likes music. I mean, there's never been like a sort of professional music in the house, but my dad's definitely talented. And, um, and my mum is a, uh, a genius with languages. She's one of those people that speaks like seven languages. And she, uh, she just learned, like started learning Italian this year and she's already completely fluent. So I, I think that like, maybe I got the words from my mum and the, um, the musicality from my dad. Um, but, but more, more, more than that, my brother and I, my brother's also a musician, by the way, he's in London grammar who mm-hmm. I know well in Australia. And, um, but yeah, he, uh, we bo- were both just given like support from an early age. You know, I wanted to play guitar when I was like seven. And so, you know, they, my mum and dad got me a guitar and like got classical lessons and, and they all, and, and, you know, it was probably apparent pretty soon that I was, I was, I was like pretty adept at it. And so they, you know, encouraged me to play. I think, I think that's, I don't know how much I believe in talent generally. I like, I, uh, I, I think I'm just like a relatively intelligent human who was given the right um, exposure to the right stuff at the right time, you know? 100%. It's, um, uh, having a look and I, I did, I was aware uh, your brother Dot is um, in London Grammar. The, the two musical projects, London Grammar and yourself, as as Bruno, they do seem to be sonically not worlds apart, but somewhat different. Has there yeah. ever been, I guess, any conversation about collaborating on on something that's maybe w- with one of those projects or something as a third entity altogether? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I think um, I think that's something that we we both really want to do. Um, 
but it's been it's been a question of making sure that like i think we're both aware that we put, we've got our own trajectories and we need to make sure that we've kind of established where we are uh musically before we come together and collaborate because i think when we do collaborate we want it to be a collaboration rather than a you know uh, i don't know we make a lot of music when we're drunk <laughs> like any good family kind of get together that that is to well especially when you've got such talented family members that's to be expected so that is um that's awesome yeah. to hear <laughs> yeah, thanks man thank you um a second ago you just mentioned the word trajectories i was hoping i might be a little bit selfish um there is a track on the record called trajectories i think it's the mm. second last track on the record it yep. happens to be uh yeah my favorite track i just kept returning to it time and time again i think it's the a combination of the arrangement and the falsetto that you have during that song is just gorgeous. Um, Thank you. Of course. Oh, of course. Um, would you mind, I guess, just giving us a little bit of how that song came to be or the inspiration for that song? Um, well, it's really about, it's really about the nature of what love is. It, um, I think, I think that love is more than a feeling and um, sometimes you can love someone and they can love you too. Um, and it's not, it's not possible to make that love and, and turn that love into something, um, that works on a, on a relationship level because we're on our own trajectories through life. Um, and I, I know, I think, uh, I think a lot of what love is, is, is timing and context um and 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 uh what do you call it when you what's that word when you uh when you make a not concession compromise there you go sorry about that uh love is compromising if you want it to be a relationship you have to you know let's say that your trajectories are like this and for a moment you cross and in that moment you love each other, but you realize that your lives are moving like this. I think a lot of the time people that manage to stay in relationships have trajectories that move like this, and then you can compromise and make them fit. But if you're like this, it's sometimes it's like, I don't think we can do it. Um, so that's really what trajectories is about, about loving, about loving someone that, um, that is just not for whatever reason, correct. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. I do appreciate it. Uh, as you mentioned before, um, you are, I think, heading out to Jakarta. I think you've got a tour in Asia this month or next month. Um, and then you're on the road in the US and Europe for the rest of the year. Might be a bit of an obvious question, but um, can we maybe expect to see you touring this record in Australia at some point? Yeah, you can. I, I'm, so, I, I'm so sorry that I haven't announced it. Um, <laughs> It was like, you're, I've never received so many angry messages as from Australian <laughs> people. And I was like, it's not a world tour if you're not coming to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we're, um, we're, we, we love our music, but we're very passionate <laughs> when we don't get visited as well, it appears. No, you don't, you don't mint two words either, but no, I am, I'm going to come. I'm, I promise I'm going to come. Um, we're figuring it out at the moment. Um, it's just, you know, I couldn't logistically announce everything at the same time. Um, so yeah, I, I don't worry. I'll be there and, I, and it will be. 
that's very exciting when that is announced. We'll make sure that we uh, promote it here on the podcast and get everyone across those details. Um, with the with the new record being out, is there a song that you're most kind of excited to play while on tour or that you're hoping, like, I guess, is your, your live favourite from the record? I think uh, the ones with the guitar solos are, in the, are the ones I'm most excited about. I just love shredding live. Um and yeah, there's a few, there's a few solos, like the show must go on. Uh, we were never really friends, the end. Um, but also because of, because of COVID, I never toured my second album. Um, so bizarrely, there are these, you know, these songs that have been out since 20, 2020 that I've never performed for anyone. And, and notably my song, Nothing, which since it came out, went viral and became my you know it's gone it's gone gold it's about to go platinum and more people listen to that song than any of the other ones and i presume that therefore people will be buying tickets to listen to that song (laughs) and i've never played it for them so it's gonna be wild um it's gonna be really wild i i haven't played a gig for three and a half years i thought it was more important to to make another album um which i look in in hindsight i think was the correct decision but um, yeah, I'm just so pumped to, to travel around the world and play my music, man. It's a, it's a great privilege and uh, one which I do not take for granted. That's, oh, that's lovely to hear. And it is um, having read all the angry Australians aside, having read the comments on social media posts of people who are excited to see you. I know that there is a lot of excitement for this tour. And as you said, to promote, well, yeah, technically promote both albums. So it is um, very exciting for you. We wish you all the best with that tour. Um, Bruno, we would usually ask our guests um, what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that uh, is on high rotation for yourself? You know what? I've been listening to the new Post Malone album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've got a soft spot for that guy. He's uh, he's sick. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I've also been listening to lots of J.S. Bach. Um, he was a big inspiration on this album. Um and uh yeah also check out eloise's eloise's new album it's called uh drunk on a flight she's brilliant we um gosh when was it we had eloise on the podcast maybe about a month and a half ago with the record and it's just it is very similar actually did you i produced the first first two eps yes did she contribute to this record of yours no no i didn't do anything with this record but it's it's brilliant I think maybe she posted about your record recently. Maybe I'm getting my two eyes crossed, but yeah, um, we're yeah. making them at the same time. Maybe that's what it was, but very brilliant choices. Um, very brilliant uh, album. And as we've discussed, Colombo is also on that list of very, very uh, brilliant albums that have come out this year. Bruno, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. I do appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was a real pleasure.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.